0: joining us again on The Word. Uh, today, Richard, I thought uh, we would get into a series of discussions mm-hmm. uh, over the next several weeks. Mm-hmm. And the first one's going to start off with, uh, uh, in quotation marks, the nuns. And that's N-O-N-E-S, not N U N S. And part of the reason I wanted to do a series, it's it's going to be a we'll be presenting several episodes, probably over the course of the next four or five weeks, whatever, and it's only gonna be one subject in mind, the common enemy to us all. The common enemy to us all, okay. Right, right. and and Christian, non-Christian, Protestant, Catholic, whoever it may be, if you're a human being and born on this planet, we have a common enemy. All right. Okay so that's really but i want to start off with the nuns first because it was a pew research survey that was done and so i wanted to give some credibility to what we're going to discuss okay so it were i just don't want it to just be from alan and richard it's going to be based on some research that people have done Um, and the purpose of this is to inform those who are attentive Mm-hmm. I always go back to that first word we did in the first episode we, we did but if you're attentive to this it's going to be confirming and perpetuating our belief on current issues within our culture you know so as we discuss these subjects like the nuns and we 're going to be talking about suffering and mm-hmm. evilness and Satan um, these are subjects that are going to come up that actually look at our, the current culture the where we're at right now. And there's nothing unique to where we're at right now in human history. This has been going on for millennia. But I guess I felt like we needed to accentuate Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: our culture is going through right now to use it as an example to draw out what we really need to be seeing at like a 30,000 foot view rather than because yeah, when you get bogged down in the trenches, mm-hmm. you don't see the big war that's going on. You just see what's right in
1: front of you, right in the here and now. Yes, in your personal space, that's what you're, where you're most affected and influenced by that. Right,
0: and you know, also to recognize issues that are arising you know, within our basic cultural beliefs. Uh, if you're not already aware. <laughs> Uh, And to recognize uh, an unseen enemy which dwells among us and within us. Now that's a good concept right there. Okay, we're going to bring that out over the next several weeks. And also by recognizing the enemy, therefore knowing how to deal and apply lessons to our everyday life. Mm Because I think a lot of times we just kind of go through life and we're trudging through and we're doing the best we can do. And we wonder why we're not getting
1: anywhere. Well, there's reasons why. Yes, there's a reason why there's uh, obstacles and opposition. And Okay. Right. So we're going to
0: bring about several thought-provoking subjects that need to be exposed to the light, which are in darkness right now. Mm-hmm. So here again, we're going to talk about the nuns suffering evil, Satan. Uh, you know, so this article <clears throat> or, you know, this has been on the nuns and some people who or on Facebook or media outlets they've already heard about it and I was curious as to where the research was coming from mm-hmm. and the accuracy of it okay mm-hmm. and if it reflects who we are as a nation and the direction it's going in so I, I looked up this Pew Research study I actually it, it was brought to my attention on a media outlet which I'm not going to name um, and I thought wow that's, that's really interesting. So I looked it up and I went to the Pew Research uh, Center survey that was conducted on July 31st through August 6th of 2023. So that was this past year. It's mm-hmm. a recent survey. And this survey was taken among 11,201 respondents who are members of the Center, Centers America Trends Panel, mm-hmm. ATP, The survey included interviews with 3,317 religious nuns. Mm. Out of that, 658 were atheists, 678 were agnostics, and 1981 respondents who described their religion as nothing in particular. I see. So these are the people who have taken the survey and responded to questions of the Pew survey. So in addition to the July 31st uh, through August 6th, 23 survey, this analysis also draws on a variety of other ATP surveys conducted in recent years, as well as on the center's national public opinion uh, reference survey. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to read you the acronym, but anyway. And so all this credit, what we're going to read and and cover, Mm -hmm. uh, the credit uh, which I'm going to show on the screen below is a closer look at how atheists, agnostics, and those who describe their religion as nothing in particular see God, Mm -hmm. religion, morality, science, and more. and. I'm giving all the credits to the people that took the survey. Hmm. Now, if we don't look at this, Mm -hmm. okay, if we don't look at the atheists, the agnostics, and what they believe and what they don't believe, and we're called as Christians, okay, Mm -hmm. to do the Matthew 28, spread the good news of the gospel Mm -hmm. into our local community, Mm -hmm. Judea, and outer parts of the world, if we don't know what these people believe, who they you know, what they believe in or not believe in or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's hard to minister to, to folks. I mean
1: we can spread the good news, but you know, it helps give us a little bit of discernment. What are we dealing with and who are we talking to? Right. What are right. their and preconceived notions, yeah.
0: Right. And so I'm gonna go ahead and give the uh Pew Research um, uh, reference down on the screen down there or at the very end of the of the Episode.
1: I want to know who these nuns are, you know, and they're basically, you just laid it out there, agnostics, atheists, and nothing in particular. Correct. Correct.
0: Okay. So who are the nuns? How are they defined? So in the survey, this fell under chapter one, and just, I'm going to go ahead and put my glasses on, (laughs) Uh, just to kind of read this in chapter one. Uh-huh. Um, today, about 28% of U.S. adults are religiously unaffiliated, describing themselves as <clears throat> either atheist, agnostics, or nothing in particular. Pew Research Center, we get lots of questions about this group, often called the nuns. What do nuns believe? What uh, Are they exposed to religion? What are their views about science, growth, good or bad for society and why? So most nuns believe in God or another higher power, but very few go to religious services regularly.
1: Oh, so they have some belief, but they're not affiliated <clears throat> with any of the main line. Right, they
0: don't associate with it. Okay. I can make some speculations as to why, but we're, we're going to talk about the, the survey here most say religion does some harm, but many also think it does some good. They are not uniformly anti religious. Most nuns reject the idea that science can explain everything, but they express more positive views of science than religiously unaffiliated Americans. Hmm. And I've got a little chart there that shows um, in two thousand seven, the nuns were around in the sixteen percent range, okay. And then by two thousand twenty three, it's jumped up nearly twelve percent to twenty eight percent. Oh, so from two thousand seven to twenty twenty
1: three, it's more than doubled. That more cow- people have become the nuns. The nuns, yes, unaffiliated. They're not affiliating with the big denominations like they once did. That that trend is. Uh, they're, they're turning away from that, aren't they? Right, okay. right. So, I'm going to give you another little chart here that I'll put up on
0: the thing, but who are the nuns, how are they defined? In public opinion surveys, people who answer a question about their religion by saying they are atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular, are combined into a category called religiously unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> this little pie chart that they've got 17% atheist, 20% agnostic, and 63% nothing in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In our latest data, um, which is what I just said, atheists and agnostics on average have more education, have more education mm-hmm. than religiously affiliated Americans. By contrast, people who describe their religion as nothing in particular tend to have lower levels of education attainment than
1: religiously affiliated U.S. adults. All right. The atheists and agnostics then tend to be more educated. Yeah. And they've, had to your, be. Your college educated people, the mm-hmm. people, the teachers,
0: uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. I found that interesting.
1: That is, that is interesting. There's a correlation. Uh, the more educated you are, the, the more atheist is a position that says they declare there is no God, and agnostics say you can't be sure. Right. So with their education, you know, what that reminded me of
0: is when Jesus was here uh-huh. and he didn't go to the Pharisees and teach. I mean, he did teach in the temples, well, but okay. he, he teach the masses, the, the common laborers, the farmers, the fishermen, fisher people, they were the uneducated for the most part, you know, they didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. They were more receptive to Jesus and his message yeah. than the elite, the educated.
0: Yeah. yeah that's what i thought of anyway all right the next one is why are nuns non-religious well when asked directly why not religious two-thirds of the nuns say they question a lot of religious teachings or don't believe in god many also brought up criticisms of religious institutions Mm. or people including 47 percent who say that one extremely or very important reason why they are not religious is that they dislike religious organizations. And 30% say bad experiences they've had with uh, religious people had explained why they are non-religious.
1: Oh, that was a, that was a, a problem with the uh, Pharisees in their day. Yes, yeah.
0: <clears throat> to me, you know, we've taught And I think it's come through in our episodes on the Word about, you know, Christ is relational. It's not a religion. It's a following. And when you come to a religious organization, my first thought is, is people see that pharisaical background. They're not Mm -hmm. being... They're not feeling the spirit of the Lord. They're not. They're not seeing followers of Christ. They're seeing followers of my program in the church. Mm-hmm. They're seeing follow me. How good a teacher I am, or how yes. good a pastor or minister or rabbi or you know whoever it is. Um, and so that indirectly is turning people off. Yes. Rather than finding an experience with a one-on-one or a small group, they're not finding the experience that they expect to be associated with a religious belief
1: or a Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah. When it makes a lot of sense. Uh, typically, the, the religious organization will want you to conform to their doctrinal statements and yeah. uh, fit in with their, the way they conduct yeah. themselves. Yeah. Uh, they call it legalism to some some extent. Right, <laughs> and, uh, right. Um,
0: and there's a balance there between who do we let into the church versus becoming a member versus you know there there's there's a lot of questions there. Yes. And a lot of you know back and forth about what we should do. Well, yes. let's go ahead and continue on with the survey. But okay. <clears throat> Are nuns less involved in civic life than people who identify with a religion? That was an interesting question. So I've got a little chart about that too. By a variety of measures, religious nuns are less civically engaged and socially connected than people who identify with a religion.
1: Oh, I see, yes.
0: On average, they are less likely to vote, less likely to have volunteered lately, less satisfied with their local communities, and less satisfied with their social lives.
1: Oh, my, that's an interesting connection there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can remember back to the days when I was a nun, essentially. Right. And I didn't volunteer for anything. I, you know, I didn't. Uh, you I didn't wasn't see engaged. a civic duty or. No. You know. No, I didn't think about uh, others much. I was just about myself. And I remember that you know, this is, this is interesting.
0: Okay. Um, and there, there's a lot of information. I mean, you, you know, you guys can go back and, and look at the survey yourself, but I just wanted to point out a few things. Uh, question four was, are all nuns non-believers? Ah, I love this one. Not all, no, not all nuns are non-believers. They are far less likely than religiously affiliated Americans to say they believe in God as described in the Bible, hmm. but most do believe in God or some higher power. Just 29% reject the notion that there is any higher power or spiritual force hmm. in the universe.
1: I, I meet a lot of people <clears throat> who express a belief in God, right? but it's not the God of the Bible. Right.
0: It's like their own notion Mm -hmm. of what they believe. And I think that's based on the way they were raised or their environment that they're brought up in Mm -hmm. or who they hold in esteem, like a Mm -hmm. a person or a televangelist is giving them wrong information or they've, you know, they've just ascribed to wrong information. Mm -hmm. And now they have this belief of this God that they have formed in their mind. It's kind of like going to school Uh and having a bad teacher telling you something wrong. Right. And now you've got this belief stuck in your head and it's not the right belief, it's the wrong
1: one, the wrong perspective. Your uh, education can expose you to belief systems that are not consistent with the Bible. And if you don't question those, like I began to believe in uh, evolution Mm -hmm. years ago when I went away to college. I mean, it's Charles Darwin. Come on, that's in yeah. college. It's being taught in college. Why, you yeah. know, they're not wrong. Those were <laughs> professors. And I didn't, I didn't uh, read the Bible at that time. So, and uh, there's other world religions like uh, Hindus, for example, teach yeah. many gods and yeah, and all Islam, kinds. God, Islam. but
0: they don't believe in Christ. And, yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of misinformation
1: out there that you can mm-hmm. believe in. It's amazing to see how many different belief systems are out there yeah Uh, I go to a lot of recovery meetings and work with people in addiction and they have a they have a statement that's we believe in a higher power yeah and it kind of leaves that open to you to decide who your higher power is just go
0: to the Knoxville church directory and see how many denominations (laughs) there are yeah
1: (laughs) and how much
0: the doctrine changes and shifts well is that the god of the bible because you know we have you know, all these different faiths and different religions. Can, uh, I yeah. I there's only one God as far as I know and only one Jesus and he's found in the Bible. It's it's in John fourteen six and Jesus says, I am the way, yeah. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father
1: except through me. That's period. Right. I mean that's yeah. pretty that's the narrowest path that I can think of. Not everybody believes that, but right. I do. I believe that and that's what the Bible teaches.
0: Well, let's go on to question five. It says, are nuns, and this I found interesting, are nuns spiritual instead of religious? Mm. Well, the survey says that about half say spirituality is very important in their lives, Mm. or say they think of themselves as spiritual. Mm-hmm. Most nuns believe animals other than humans can have spirits or spiritual energies. And many say this is true of parts of nature, such as mountains, rivers or trees. That may be where you get into Wicca and you know, some of the other yes. beliefs and things like that.
1: I have met with Wiccans yes, and <clears throat> they do believe there's power in uh, nature and
0: uh, so but these spiritual identities and beliefs are not unique to nuns. In fact, by many measures people who identify with a religion trend to uh just uh to be just as spiritual or even more spiritual than nuns hmm. um i found that kind of interesting i you know the, the, the surveys you just don't know what's going on in people's heads but anyway That's question true. six are nuns hostile towards religion hmm. That's a good question to ask. <laughs> Some nuns have a very negative view of religion, but nuns on the whole express mixed views rather than outright hostility.
1: Okay, mixed views right. rather than outright hostility. All right.
0: Most say religion causes a variety of problems in society, like intolerance or superstition. Well, yes. I, can, I get that. Uh-huh. Because intolerance is just what you were talking about in John 14, yeah. oh, 6, yeah. is that we're intolerant. Well, there's yeah. only one way. Well, how come I can't get to heaven? I mean, why does it have to be through Jesus? Why don't oh, yeah. all—well, that's not what God teaches his people.
1: Yeah, that—if you know, <laughs> if, if I, I, were, <laughs> if I were not a believer in Christ, I would look at this as, as being— uh, you know, exclusive and, uh, yeah, very narrow,
0: not inclusive, you know, very superstitious. Uh, but many nuns also say that religion helps give people meaning and purpose and that it can encourage people to treat others well. Well, you know what? You can't have it all. People want their candy and they want, (laughs) you know, their dessert too. And you can't, there are concessions that we make when we become a follower of Christ. So, but it was very interesting to see this survey and the way people felt about it. To me, and and here again, I use the word, it's not meant to be derogatory, but ignorance. It's it's ignorance of the fact, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not having all the facts in the right perspective, that
1: you need to assess what the Bible teaches. There's a term I hear in the um, uh, recovery community, it's called contempt without investigation. Mm-hmm. And when, when you hear something like Jesus is the way, the truth and the light, or, or you hear biblical teachings, a lot of people just reject those outright without actually investigating the claims that are being made. Correct. That's, that's not a, we, should, we should carefully and look at things and read it and be sure you know what you're rejecting before you reject it. Right. You know? yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So
0: how do nuns view science? Well, I'm going to kind of skip through this one. It's a good one. But yeah. most nuns say science does more harm or does more good than harm in American society. And on average, nuns are much more positive about science than are religiously uh, affiliated people. At the same time, most nuns believe that uh, there are limits to what science can do. For example, 44% of nuns say there is scientific explanation for everything, while 56% say there are some things science can't possibly explain. Well, that is very true, and you know, (laughs) Science is built on a foundation of factual items leading to truth. And that's why people, I think, have a tendency to do it. But like, you know, how can you explain the death of Christ on the cross? Or how can you, you know, scientifically, you can't explain someone coming back from the dead. Yeah. So it therefore leads to doubt. But that's where faith has to fill in that gap. Hebrews 11.1, for faith is the Mm -hmm. substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So science and religion aren't quite on the same page, but there's a gap of faith there that we lack, you know, that we have to have before we can actually believe in the one
1: true God and to have the relationship so um, that uh, science if I'm if, I don't believe they've ever explained life how it came to be or why is it that there is life right and we all know there's a certainty of death sure but the after life or is there a resurrection <coughs> and all the things the Bible teaches those are uh, not really scientifically provable, the best I can tell, they're matters you take by faith. Exactly. And then it, then it comes down to who are you gonna believe concerning those issues? Your choice, your choice, your yes. free will of believing, and we're gonna get
0: into that yeah. in, the, in another few episodes, but this, mm-hmm. this is laying a really good foundation for what we're going to talk about over the next two or three four episodes um here's another good question that they ask: how do nuns think about morality Mm. okay these are atheists agnostics and non-affiliation okay the vast majority of nuns say it is possible to be moral and have good values without believing in god well Hmm. i i can't argue with that most religiously affiliated people agree, though, by a smaller margin. And I've got a little chart there that you can see on the screen.
1: Well, that uh, what is? How do you define good? Well, I, I, we, yeah, <laughs> I know we can get. You know,
0: what's the standard that Who we does, go by?
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Most people believe that they are good because they have been raised by good parents. They have. They live by the golden rule. Um, you know, they believe. If you look at the chart here, the right. desire to avoid hurting people, eighty-three <laughs> percent. Logic and reasoning, eighty-two percent. Those are the top two.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it feels good to do right, not wrong. Sixty-nine percent desire to stay out of trouble. Sixty percent way they were raised. Fifty-two percent. A uh, belief that what goes around comes around that's, you know, 46% religious. I, I still hear that
1: quite a bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The, yeah. Um, so, you know, hmm. it, it, it's, a, it, it's a belief that they have, but then what hmm. happens when, you know, our desire to avoid hurting people, we have a deep desire not to hurt people. 83% well what happens when you get hurt yourself what happens when you get devastated look mm-hmm. at what happened to the officer that was killed in Maryville yes. uh, just this past week and you know they just buried him this past week mm-hmm. and they look at the man that killed him well his desire wasn't to avoid hurting people yeah. but now retribution for the, for the five kids that he left behind and the wife, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta know she's gotta be feeling anger and is a, a desire for the, I mean, even the chief of police got on the news and said, yeah, we're looking for the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that a desire to hurt people? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what's the standard of good? Yeah. And so, the, if we don't have a clear definition, <laughs> foundation, Then it's up to
1: us to what we define as being good, which is what you were alluding to. There are people who do uh, vandalize like the Constitution and they Mm -hmm. think they're doing good. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're trying to make a point about the right to protest. Yes. and uh, There are people that are sitting in streets nowadays and blocking traffic and they think that's good. But the other people that are in the traffic uh, don't think it's good. Yeah. So who's, who's right and who's wrong? Or, you know, that's an issue. Yeah. What's yeah. your standard? So, <coughs> I wrote down a little thing here, I'm gonna
0: read it, because okay. uh, we've, we've gone through all eight chapters. But, you know, folks wanna be in a group working toward and having common goals, utilizing their abilities for the greater goal. That could for that could be BLM Black Lives Matter. That could be those uh, that you were talking about vandalizing the Constitution. Yes, they do have a group and they're active, and they think they're doing good by doing that. They have a common goal,
1: yeah.
0: utilizing their abilities for a greater goal that's bigger than themselves. We, it get. We're part of a group too. We're, yes. we're promoting something we believe in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it gives them individual value within and a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Belonging to something they are contributing to and believing in. Yes. The sense of community can be found in both groups, evil and good. Yes. You know, I, we can be led incorrectly wrongly in evilness, as well as being led incorrectly <laughs> in, in, in what
1: we believe is being good, mm-hmm. you know. I interact with uh, people that belong to gangs mm-hmm. and there's a strong sense of loyalty. Community, and, uh, yes. Yeah. They part. They're part of something bigger than themselves, and they're yeah. welcomed and accepted. And they find value in that. They do. They value themselves in that. They identify
0: know? with that group and that accepted. sense of mm-hmm. belonging to someone and mm-hmm. something.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so when the community changes, though, it goal its goals no longer supports the common goal. Either people leave or
1: become passive. Well, that's interesting. Okay. When the community changes its goals, yeah, that person may not uh, adopt those goals any longer, so they leave. Right. That would explain why the churches are diminishing, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah. All right. Exactly my All point. Right. Okay. So
0: that could be why, when we were talking about this Pew research, why people are leaving churches today why people are not affiliating, you know, this 28% are not affiliating with the religion because the standard shift, they look at, they look at, uh, and I'm just, I can't name them all, but they look at the Presbyterian churches. They look at the Methodist churches. They look at the Baptist, they look at the church of Christ and no one can agree on any one particular standard.
1: I've never seen such division in the organized religious, uh, yeah. the, the bigger denominations, they're <clears throat> having splits within themselves over different issues. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of uh, confusion or chaos, I guess, and it's, that's what does it when the community changes its goals right. and no longer supports the common goal, that's why I,
0: that's why I use the word community. It, yes. community could mean religious community, it could re, it could mean the satanic community, yes. the Wicca community, uh the BLM community. Yeah. It could it could apply to any community. Yeah. And as we go through um these studies wow. over the next several weeks, we're gonna talk about mm. these very um you know, subjects. Uh, you know only a few decades ago, a Christian identity was so common among Americans that it could almost be taken for granted. You know back yes. in the forties and fifties we came out of World War two stronger as a nation mm-hmm. believing that we're one nation under God because we yeah. had a common
1: goal, yeah you know, and we we would rally around the flag or patriotism. And uh, that's not the the norm anymore. So
0: as recently as the early 1990s, about 90% of us adults identified as Christians as early as 1990s, 90% 90 of us adults identified as Christians. But today about two thirds of adults are Christians. The change in America's religious composition is largely the result of large numbers of adults switching out of the religion in which they were raised to become religiously unaffiliated. This is the Pew survey.
1: This is yeah.
0: In other words, a steadily shrinking share of young adults who were raised Christian in childhood have retained their religious identity in adulthood over the past 30 years. At the same time, Hmm. having no religious affiliation has become a stickier or has become stickier. A declining percentage of people raised without a religion have converted or taken on a religion later in life.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, And I've got a bunch of charts here that show uh, Christianity and Christians and you know, back in the 90s and where we're at now and percentages and how there's a decline in religion. Um, there's, there are many theories on why disaffiliation sped up so much in the 90s and how long this trend might continue. For example, some scholars contend that secularization is the result of increasing existential security as societal conditions improve and scientific advances allow people to live longer lives with fewer worries about meeting basic needs they have less need for religion to cope with insecurity oh
1: i see oh my i noticed a number up here about half of americans in their 20s right. are, are christian yep compared with over 80% of the oldest americans yes That number, oh, that's uh, really a trend I hadn't been aware of. That's good. Yep. Oh my goodness. So when we talk about age,
0: uh, or education, politics, geography tied to differences in religious switching, um, a closer look at the characteristics of adults who have left Christianity and are now religiously unaffiliated indicates that other traits, such as age, gender, education, political identity, and region of residence are also tied to disaffiliation. So if you look at age, us adults who have moved away from Christianity are younger on average that makes Mm -hmm. sense, Mm -hmm. than those who have remained Christian after a Christian upbringing. More than a quarter of former Christians, 27%, are under 30, compared with 14% of all adults who were raised Christian and remain Christian. Uh, Gender, Americans who have moved away from Christianity are more likely to be men While women are more likely to retain their Christian identity, imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) A slight majority of U.S. adults who were raised Christian are now unaffiliated, 54% are male. Uh, Among people who have remained Christian, 57% are women,
1: Mm. okay?
0: right, us men, we got to step up to the plate, buddy. I'm just telling you. These are disturbing numbers, aren't they? Uh, Very. Education, people who have become unaffiliated after a Christian upbringing are a little more likely to have graduated college than those who remain Christian, Hmm. with 35 and 31 percent, respectively holding college degrees. Well, we talked about that, that the more educated, the more learned, are less likely to be affiliated yes. religiously
1: the college campuses are are quite different now than, than they were when when i was there
0: and me too yeah. I, I totally see a total difference politics seven in ten adults who were raised christian but are now unaffiliated are democrats or democrat leaning independents. i'm not trying to make a plug for november okay okay compared with 43% of those who remain Christian and 51% of U.S. adults overall. Some scholars argue that disaffiliation from Christianity is driven by an association between Christianity and political conservatism that has intensified in recent decades.
1: Oh, that's complicated, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Seven, okay.
0: So I'm thinking what this is saying is is if you're more liberal, you're less likely to be religious, which mm-hmm. I believe to be true. The more conservative you are, the more likely you are to be
1: religious. Yes. I that, guess is what it's saying. It looks like what the numbers are saying there.
0: Okay. Geography. People who have left Christianity are underrepresented in the South where 33% of former Christians live compared with 42% of people who have remained Christian and 38% of U.S. adults overall. Okay. Those who are disaffiliated after being raised Christian are more likely than others to live in the West. Oh. Um, I'm gonna skip <laughs> over some of this. Uh, surveys often find that U.S. adults tend to be more religious on a number of measures in the South and less so in the West and Northeast. This may indicate that people uh, adapt to the religious context in which they
1: live and or sort themselves into like-minded communities. Hmm. There, there are differences <clears throat> that I can see in certain, certain parts of the country. It's uh, more crime and more homelessness yeah. and more drug use yeah. and it's more than I see here. Look at Portland where, uh, where the drugs are
0: wild and free and people you know squat on other people's property and take it over and there's no it's like there's no law
1: and it's like the wild west businesses are closing because they can't operate in that environment and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's that you those are typically that's i don't see that much in the bible belt but i see it in these areas they're describing here it's coming okay uh, it's coming. We're going to
0: discuss more and more of this as we go on in the next few episodes. But mm-hmm. here again, this is a
1: good foundation to lay yeah. for our future episodes. This is good to get a, 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 an overview of the whole scenario, what, we're, what kind of world we're living in now. So,
0: you know, we, we grow up as adults and we become adults. And we don't forget the lessons that we learned as children. Yes. You know, we remember those events in our life that form our opinion of others. But it wasn't until I come to the knowledge and the truth of biblical worldview and belief as to how we're supposed to respond to childhood conflicts, childhood events. In other words, I was In the world at the time, right? Right, We We were in the world. Now we're taken out of it by biblical worldview belief. And now we have a foundation that doesn't shift. My friendship with him shifted. Yes. But my friendship with the Lord will never shift. It'll stay constant and the same. And he proves himself day after day after day that I can trust him
1: that's the bottom line. You want to have a standard you can really uh, go by.
0: Right. Yeah, our next episode we're we're yeah, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about an, in another episode we're going to be talking about um, you know, suffering mm-hmm. and then evilness and then about Satan and mm-hmm. what he mm-hmm. really is and what he looks like. Who
1: is behind that type of thing? Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
0: There you go. All right. So, Anyway, that's, I, I felt that was a good episode. I feel like we needed to get that word out. And uh, I appreciate everyone being with us today. And I just hope that people will stay tuned and, and uh-huh. stay tuned in uh, and listen to all four. But,
1: you know. The, the world has is, is changed. It's changed in the last 50 years. It's not the. In, in it's the, rapidly changing now. Yeah. Was it in 1990, 90% were Christians? Yeah. And here in 2024, it's far less than it's, yeah, yeah, you can see the decline in Christianity. Yeah. And there's uh, reasons for that, and we're going to discuss that over the course of the next three
0: or four episodes. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Word. And may God richly bless you.